What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Maddie Keywoman. Welcome to episode 21 of High Heat Fantasy Baseball. Couch Guys Sports' number one new-rated fantasy baseball podcast. It feels great to fire up the mic and record another banger. But first, allow me to introduce the co-host of the show, the leading figure in bro science fantasy baseball, Kevin Perdios. What's up, my brother? What's going on, guys? You know I love it. You know I love getting together on Wednesday nights and talking FBB. It's been a slow beginning to the week, you know, just all-star festivities. But, you know, still some things to get cracking on tonight's episode. Very excited to do so. Well, so, I mean, we got we to gotta acknowledge something, right? It's the 21st episode. Our podcast is oh. now legally allowed to drink. So in that, in that case, you know. Okay, okay. I do have a drink and I know our guest does. And a little tidbit on his first appearance. We'll get to that in a second. But first of all, if you tuned in last week, then you already know. But if you didn't, don't you worry your little head because I will announce it one more time. High Heat is holding our very first giveaway and the prize is incredible. More on that a little later. High Heat is brought to you by Couch Guy Sports. Check out all our written content on couchguysports.com. High Heat uh, articles come out on Thursdays. Every other article doesn't matter. Come out every single day. If you're new to the show, make sure you smash that subscribe button wherever you're getting this podcast. And if the app or website allows you to rate and review, please help the boys out and do so. And do not forget to share High Heat Fantasy Baseball with literally everyone you know. Check out the Fantasy Baseball Market Watch every single morning when the market opens. Just search hashtag FBB Market Watch on Twitter to follow whose value's up, whose value's down, and maybe just a little advice on what you can do. Lastly, I suggest you check out some of the other great podcasts on the Couch Guy Sports Network, shows like Suplex Biddies, The Rafters Pod, and The Chasers Podcast. <clears throat> He's back! Our guest tonight was actually the very first guest to ever come on High Heat. Kevin gave a toast at the beginning of the show, and you know what? That was appropriate because he was actually on on St. Patty's Day. He's actually a man that is part of the Couch Guy Sports family. Cue the Vin Diesel memes. You can find his awesome articles on CouchGuySports.com, but that's not the only place. He also contributes at BostonSportsSyndicate.com. He is the co-host of the Red Sox podcast to be named later, and a co-host on the BSS flagship show, former valedictorian of the Chris Cotillo's online workshop for sports journalism. Some call him the great blogino. Others call him the SEO goat. Chris Henrique. What's going on? Good, sir. That is probably, that is like the best introduction that I've ever gotten. That is phenomenal. That good. Is you know, we always bring out the good intros for the big dogs. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was good stuff. Valedictorian though. I'm not sure about that. Hey, you know, that's, not everything has to be factual. As Kevin and I will attest, we will bring bro science. So maybe that's just a little bit of our own bro science we brought into the equation. Well, yeah, and I'm excited to be back 20 weeks later here for the 21st birthday. We can all share a cocktail with the uh, podcast because it can do that legally now. I'm ready to yep. go. Yep, very cool. I'm so glad you gave that toast, Kevin. Completely unrehearsed, so it was pretty awesome to bring it out. Uh, but before we get to tonight's show, we actually are going to do first half awards. 
Of course, we're going to hit you with the FBB Market Watch section and some news and notes. But first, you, we didn't ask you this on the first show. We haven't yet become the mature, you know, legally drinking podcast that we are today. So let me hit you with these two questions before we get into it. How long you've been playing fantasy baseball and how would you describe your GM style? All right. So to answer the first part of that question of how long I've been doing fantasy baseball, it's been probably about 10 years. Um, it depends on the league that I'm in will depend on, I guess, my approach. If it's just a straight up, you're just going to do a draft and you know, there's no keepers, shit like that. Then, you know, I, I'll kind of, I'm pretty competitive in those leagues right now. I'm in a, I'm in a keeper league. Um, started out kind of hot. But right now I'm kind of in the mix for that last playoff spot. So we're battling right now. Yeah. But um, but as for like my style though, I don't know. I mean, because my main league that I'm in, it's it's always about it's kind of like a real baseball philosophy. So you're you're trying to win now, but you're also trying to you know try to find those you know little pieces that you can have for like the future. Like you know, prime example, I drafted Duran this past off season, got him at a dollar fifty, signed him for five years, and. Yeah. You know, now we're going to get that opportunity to see him. You know what I mean? So absolutely. Um, so you can kind of, so it's kind of like the Heim Bloom approach. Ooh, I like the way you say it. And I think the word he likes to use is sustainability. Sustainability, yes. Yeah, sustainability. So I just, uh, here's my philosophy. I just want to get in the tournament. You get in the tournament, then all yep. bets are off. Yeah, Gilly from Big uh, Small State Big Tank, that was his thing too. Just get in the dance and then see what you can do. But uh, I think we'll go on record and say that your GM style is sustainability because let's put you on Bloom's level because that sounds kind of cool. Sustainability. All right. So as I alluded to, we have a great show for you guys tonight. We also are going to hit you with our takeaways. Of course, we do that every week. But first, let's dive into some news and notes. I'm going to start off with a couple of bad ones. One really bad. And then it's actually pretty positive notes in comparison to most weeks. So first, of course, the devastating news. Ronald Acuna out for this season, probably the beginning of next with an ACL tear. You hate to see that happen to such a young superstar just days before the all-star game. And, you know, he's just as exciting a player you will get in baseball. So to see him out sucks. doesn't matter if you're a Braves fan, if you're a baseball fan, even if you're uh, if you're a person who hates the Braves, you don't want to see Acuna go out like this. It's just it just straight sucks. Marlon so, Suter did, though. Marlon Suter was excited about him going down. Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, someone had a little article kind of detailing that, no? I did, yeah. Yeah, so go ahead and check that out on CouchGuysports.com. Chris writes about basically anything. SEO GOAT. You heard it here. Not first, but you heard it here. All right, moving on to you, Darvish. He was placed on the IL with left hip inflammation, but he could be back as soon as next week. Hopefully, as a guy who rosters him in two leagues, I'd love to see him come back sooner rather than later. Buster Posey is on the I.L. for a thumb injury, but he could return as early as this weekend. A lot of the notes are kind of like this. People throwing players on the I.L. Right at the end of the uh, all first half, I should say. Going into the All-Star break, they can use a little bit of roster manipulation that way. So it's going to be a lot of the notes. Another one, Blake Snell is tentatively set to pitch. This Saturday, he was dealing with a pretty bad stomach bug. Uh, he didn't catch that Rona but he did catch a bad case of the bubble guts. So he should pitch this weekend. We shall see. Carlos Carrasco, my boy, Cookie, is set to start a rehab assignment, uh, but it probably will be a little bit uh, until he comes back to the bigs. It's only a one-inning outing uh, this weekend. 
but I think it was the GM or was the head coach, the manager, one of the two had a kind of interesting comment that they may let him work out or let him stretch out in the big league. So maybe they do kind of rush him up and kind of use him in, you know, two inning role and a four inning role and so on and so forth. So if you are stashing Carrasco, good days are ahead. If you're a Mets fan, you're going to be excited about this news. J.D. Davis, who was absolutely tearing the cover off the ball before he hit the IL, he looks to return as the second half kicks off. So two guys, uh, the Mets fans and uh, fantasy fans will be happy to see back. Eloy Jimenez has surprisingly started a rehab assignment. That's right. Looks like Eloy is going to be back sooner rather than later. And he is rostered in only about 70% of leagues. So check your league. And if you have an IL spot, stash him because he could be a monster for you down the stretch. Speaking of guys who's actually had a pretty great year, Austin Gomer threw about 35 pitches in a sim game. So he was working his way back uh, from his injury. And, you know, like I said, ever since the uh, turn Gomber was uh, brought out into the baseball zeitgeist, the guy's been pretty dang good. So, uh, if you've been holding on to Gomber, you definitely want him back. Chris Sale. <laughs> Chris Sale is scheduled to throw two innings down in Florida at the Red Sox spring training facility. Just another step in the right direction to getting the nasty lefty back. And fellas, did you realize, did you know I'm sure he's not available in any of your leagues? He's available in about 40-ish percent of leagues. Go ahead and pick up Chris Sale and put him on your IL and screw it. Even if you have a bench spot and you're in a good dominant position, you're going to want to do that. Last bit of news, Chris, you alluded to it. So if you have a little bit of, <coughs> excuse me, if you have a little to say, go ahead and take the reins on this. Jaron Duran, I'm he's excited. being called up. Yeah, I mean, just from in general, you know, just being excited that uh, Red Sox, one of the top prospects, is going to get an opportunity to to kind of show what um, – what he can do at the big league level, kind of like perfect situation against the Yankees, similar to Mookie Betts, similar to uh, JBJ. Get that short porch out there in right field. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm not starting him, though, right away. I think that if you do that, you're kind of jumping the gun. I want to see what he does for the first couple of games because you're going to – I mean, theoretically, you're going to you're going to see him for a little bit with Marwin on the, going on the IL. So um, – but if you have him and you can kind of scope out and, and you're in a position you might be able to play him, I take a you know, I take a quick peek what he can do and then maybe get him in that lineup. Absolutely, a little bit of power, a little bit of speed, like you said. I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe just a gut feeling. I'm thinking he gets the top prospect treatment, gets called up Thursday, doesn't start, plays in that game Friday night, and then off the races is with Duran. He may bat at the bottom of the lineup to start. He may bat at the top of the lineup to start. Doesn't matter. But like you said, Chris, definitely pick him up and see what the Sox have because he's been lighting it up now for over a calendar year. I think I he's think big that, league ready. It's about time. Matt, that could be a possibility too, because I think, you know, fans are going to want to see him get out there right away. The biggest thing to look at though, when he's down in the minors is it against right-handed hitters, uh, right-handed pitching rather, he hit like 240, 245 in that ballpark. And I think the Yankees, they have all righties going in the series. So, you know, see how that kind of translates, but he actually generates more power off left-handed pitching. No kidding. So, that's a good he, thing to know. If Especially if Jordan Montgomery takes the hill for the Yankees, that's yeah. maybe the time you, you tackle, <clears throat> you make the move and put in gender in your lineup. I can't wait to see him. I'm very excited for the young prospect. Uh, so yeah, if you, I actually roster him a couple of leagues, including the couch sports league. So I will be uh, probably put him in a lineup in a second that the red 
sucks. Do we talked about some injuries, but I think sometimes injuries can be prevented with a nice massage. Kevin, you like massages? Chris, do you like massages? Love them. I uh, I have a spot. I have a spot that I go to. Okay. Okay. Well, what if I told you you have to go to that spot? What if I told you you could get a a massage right at home without even leaving your house? I'm all ears. Ooh. Well, let me go ahead and tell you that high heat fantasy baseball is brought to you by Exogun. We were talking about getting massages. You ever do like a workout? I know you play softball, Chris. I know you had an injury in softball. Did you ever just wish you could get a massage and, and not even to leave the couch? You referring to the to the exogun? I am referring to the exogun, and I'm referring to your softball injury and how you probably wished you had an exogun nearby. I wish I would have, especially in the hamstring area, on the outer hamstring. Oh yeah, where, where like the uh, the hamstring and the knee kind of connects. That have been that have been perfect. Exactly, exogun is fantastic. And guess what? When you do, when you work out, when you play in games, don't let pain and soreness slow you down because exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation and releases energy so you can recover faster and live a little better. Take it wherever you need it, the ballpark, work, the gym, the hiking trail, anywhere you need that massage on an instant, take your Exogun with you and put the power of percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, and powerful. Exogun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. What is percussion therapy, you might be asking? Well, percussion therapy boosts muscle function, and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue with a series of rapid, concentrated, pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. And you can also get 10% off your purchase when using the promo code CGS10 at checkout. So you can get the Exogun. It comes with a charger, a carrying case. And if you use promo code CGS10 at checkout, you will get 10% off so go get your exogun today and treat yourself to massage at a moment's notice boys kevin why don't you start us off we'll let chris go second give us your biggest takeaway over the past week oh man um my biggest takeaway has got to be the all-star break right or the all-star festivities I understand why people don't do the home run derby. Like as a fan, I I get it. And as a player, I understand where they're coming from, but like, you got to find someone better than Salvador Perez to be in the home run derby. I mean, don't do Salvi like that. He had a great first round. He has 21 home runs, most out of the catching position. Don't do Salvi like that, brother. But like, man, I love Salvi. Like, Unbelievable player. I hear one you of the, saying though. One of the greatest you catchers, you know, of our lifetime. I think he's finding his way into that top category. Um, him and Molina do are been unbelievable growing up. Oh, for you know, sure. it seems like they're playing forever, right? But when you think of power hitters, right? When you think of all right, guys in the home run derby, is Salvador Salvador Perez in your top? 25 like if you're listing guys uh, I you know what fifth. I mean you're this what? is your takeaway I plead the fifth yeah like I, it's it's just crazy and I get I why people do it. it I get why people like uh, why players don't want to do it I understand it um, and kind of 
leads into another hot take that I have. Um, so I don't know if you want me to expose that right now or we can wait until the end of the show. Your call, Maddie. What do you want to do? Well, we're talking about our takeaways, so why don't you go ahead and drop that bomb right now? All right. I'm a believer in the home run derby kind of curse or slump. All right. Don't you do this. So don't you do this. If if the price was ever high enough, now would be the time to sell on Shohei Otani. How dare you? I think now is the time. Because all right, and my takeaway is simple, right? Is he a top five pitcher in the game? No. No. In the fantasy, right? yes, he is. Well, well, okay. For this, for this format, yes. In, but... mo- in, in, in formats, I will say this. In formats where he is two separate, uh, an offensive and a defensive, so a pitcher and a DH, no, he's not a top five pitcher. But in leagues in which he's a DH slash SP, I don't know how you can't make the argument he's SP1. He has almost like 140 more points than 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 Degrom, and he does all these different categories that Degrom doesn't do. It's an unfair argument, but yeah, I think he's top five SP in fantasy, not okay. at the art of pitching. All right, so I don't know. I don't know if I I I don't know if I put him top five. Right? right. I don't know. That's definitely he, fair. Definitely fair. I think I he, was roasted. The last time my, my when the, my last rankings came out, I was roasted over putting Shohei Otani above Degrom. Roasted. So but, I, I I'm, so I'm probably the minority here. We fall in love like we we as a fan as fans and baseball fans like we fall in love because of what he does, right? Like, you can call me out by name. It's so I fell in love. No, no, I agree. Shohei I, I think what he's doing is unbelievable. Like this guy's a generational talent. He is very much the face of the game, whether Stephen A. Smith wants to friggin' admit it or not. Right. Like he's, the, he's the face of the game. And it not no shot at Tatis. But you still think you could if you if you could, if you're saying, well, basically I'm I'm sorry, but what you're saying is if you can get like a high-end pitcher and a hitter, if you could sell high on yes. yes, you right get, now's the time to do it. Yes, you get a top. I think you sell now, you get a top five, ten area pitcher, starting pitcher. And then you can also get a bat. Yeah. So right. if you're so, a yeah, middle of the sense. pack, if you're a middle of the pack team, right? If you're the number one team in your league, by all means, don't make this move because your team's flying high. Shohei's going to help you. But if you need to make a jump, right? You need to get out of that middle of the pack into the top half of your league. Um, you're making moves. You're trying you're to make making moves. Game. Yeah. And this is a move you should make because you're going to get significant value back. Yeah, and someone's gonna buy him. Like you're gonna get a good trade for him. So if there was ever a time to do it, it's now. Because if this is true, where if this he comes out and he struggles because he doesn't take BP before games, right? And he took a baffling. He gassed himself out during the derby. Yeah, he said it right. during the All Star break. He's like, I've never been this tired. And it's like, oh yeah, sell. I'm I'm hitting the sell button because. If he comes out, let's say it takes him two or three weeks, two weeks to really get back in the groove. Now, all of a sudden, his average is dropping. He's probably not hitting as many home runs. His value drops a little bit, right? Right. Yeah, no, for sure. If, if, because still, everyone his, knows yeah. that it's like the Madden curse. Everyone kind of knows right. that they're looking out for some of these guys in the derby to go on cold streaks. So if the guy who rosters Otani 
witnesses a cold streak, everyone's just going to instantly go like, well, he's not that – it was a fake or whatever. You know that's going to happen in leagues. I see what you're saying. To do it now, then you avoid that, that, that thing. Now, if he comes out and bombs off twice over the weekend – yeah, it, it again. It's a hot take, right? Like it's a hot take, and you're saying sell high. You're not saying give away. Oh no, no, no! You're, you're saying selling, see if you're this is a chance high. to make. Yeah, see is see if you can flip Otani for you know a, a concerned uh, Aaron Nola plus a bat owner. You know what I mean? Right. Something like that, right. and absolutely right. breaking some get a some top ten top players pitcher, and then or top ten pitcher and top fifteen bat or something like that. Something that's going to help your team on both ends, and I think it's. I think it's possible because you can make the argument, yeah. well, this guy does both. You well, know you know what? I'm glad you brought it up because it was a spicy take. May I dare I say it was quite hot here on High Heat. And on episode 21, I'm glad you brought up the, the thing. I'm going to go ahead and just do my takeaway real quick, and I'm going to kick it to you, Chris. I was just really, really happy to see baseball thriving over the All-Star break. I just felt like, you know, the Twitter's first was 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 bumping. People were excited. There was a lot of positivity. There wasn't so much uh, dumping on baseball over these last few days. And it was because of the festivities and the people involved. So I was just, I, as a huge baseball fan, it was just great to see, you know, the sport being celebrated by the masses. Chris, give us your biggest takeaway that you realized uh, over the past week. Yeah. So I initially, like when you dropped the notes a couple of days ago, I wanted to go and just say Stephen A, you know, Tawny, but I think the, honestly, the biggest takeaway in the last, I would even say a couple of days, it's got to be Trey Mancini for me. You know, the fact that Ooh, yes, seen months like to the day that this dude, um, you know, diagnosed with cancer, went through that, you know, that battle to just to, so he can live. And then on, on top of that, you know, he gets you know, placed in the home run derby. And then, you know, he, you know, he legit made a name for himself, I think, um, at the derby. You know what I mean? Like first round hit 24 home runs. I mean, the second he was going up against Pete Alonzo, you know, it kind of felt bad because you knew like Alonzo was just on a mission. Mission. Uh, but I mean, like, you know, just, it was an awesome moment. You know what I mean? Like, especially kind of just, you know, seeing that because everybody in the world in some capacity has been affected by someone who is either like being diagnosed or passed away from cancer and just like, you know, or had someone who's come back from that. It just, I think it kind of puts like a whole whirlwind of emotions. And I, you know, I can't imagine like if you're an O's fan, just like how excited and proud and just, to see like just the fact that he's back, but on top of it, I think he, I think he represented his organization, you know, really well. And the fact that, um, you know, he just went out there and, and he mashed like that dude can rake. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then how about like the smile though, from Devers, that smile that Devers <laughs> over the side whispering, saying like, you'll be here soon. Probably like, that'd be so like, imagine that, like, that'd be such an awesome pickup for the Sox just seeing after him like mash at the, uh, at the Derby, but the Oh my God. We actually, we, we kind of teased that last on last week's episode, we had talked about Trey Mancini and we were talking about a potential trade if he was involved And the Red Sox do seem like a great fit. Right You'd have to overpay because he's within the division, obviously, you know, being a rental, that's not really Bloom's uh, forte. I don't think, but, but I, you got to think though, at some point, Heimhoom is going to have to trade some of the assets. I know that we're, it's like, it is incredibly early in this process of him building this franchise. But if you, if you go and look at their 40 man roster from top to bottom, there's like two, maybe three guys max that are, okay, we acquire this guy. I can DFA and try to pass him through waivers. After that, it's, there's legit talent and he's going to have to trade from that surplus from that 40 man. And then there's mm-hmm. players. Not on the 40 man who are going to need to be protected coming up in the next handful of years. Like 
Duran's going to get placed in the 40 man for the first time in his career. He'll be on the 40 man with this call up. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see. I don't think it's that far out of the, the equation that Heinbloom is going to go into that surplus and maybe go and get a guy like a Mancini or. Yeah. That would be fantastic. I mean, yeah. we're all Red Sox fans here. That would be fantastic. But like you were saying, too, he the first round, you know, they were giving him his flowers, you know, really just appreciating the, you know, just the bounce back. I mean, like Alex Cora said, he's the player, he's the comeback player of the year. No ifs, ands, or buts. It doesn't matter. And I completely agree. And what he's done over the past years is fantastic. And like he said, he was inspirational. He, he just wanted to inspire people and everything. I think he did. But after that first round, it was about business and he was handling his business and he yeah. took Alonzo to the, to the breaks and well, it was Alonzo's night and he was hitting everything out of the ballpark, but Mancy put it up and he was impressive. He was hitting the ball all over the place. Like he was, he was impressive. Yeah. The, the Trey Mancini is like, I talk about, talk about what he's done. And then now imagine if he does this and you put him in a market like the Red Sox, right? who are making a deep playoff run and it draws almost more of a national attention because in Baltimore, they, they stink, right? Like yeah. there's no media. No, there. they're not making, they're not making any noise. So in that second it's half. almost like the market is dying down the true story of it. Like if he, if he was a Red Sox prospect and this is, he's doing all this in Boston. Oh yeah. No, John no Lester, doubt. Winning the John Lester louder noise. Yeah. Like sure. John Lester, no, he's getting that treatment in Baltimore. But I know you're saying like nationally, he would obviously be on more national games. Right, right, he would be right. in the playoffs. Yes, he would be in yes. the forefront. So if and he we, comes to the Red Sox, but I think all three of us are basically just really uh, giving our props to Trey Mancini. But we're also saying if you can buy him in your league, you should go ahead and do it. Oh, 100 because he's tra- he's getting traded and yeah. going off of um, really going off of what Chris was saying. I don't know if the if the price is that high. Like there's a surplus of talent, but I really don't know. Like Baltimore's gonna be in a in a um a sell mode where they're just gonna want as many prospects as possible, right? So I don't know if does Trey Mancini really go for a Jeter a down. No, probably not. Like, so so that's what I mean. Now you just drafted my um was Meyer Mayer. Mayor, Mayor, I'm not sure actually. Mayor, May, I think it's Mayor, right? Mayor. So, yeah. All right, so you have Jeter Downs, Mayor, and then um, who's the other kid? That, Lugo. Um, they just drafted Lugo a couple years ago. Lugo, and there's another kid. Um, York. They got last year. York. 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 So there's four yeah. middle infielders right there, right? Yeah. No, yeah, I know what you're saying. The, the price for Mancini might definitely be uh, in the range for a team like the Red Sox, but even if it's not the Red Sox, he could still go to a, a high-end lineup oh, and really just going. take it to he's the races. Going. Yes, he's so definitely look out to see if you can get Mancini in any yes, of your leagues. For sure, for sure. Fellas, why don't you, why don't, what do you say we move on to the market watch and talk uh, a little bit more about some players and a little bit about what teams should do with these players? Five guys, as always, we're going to break it down. First guy on the list, third baseman from the Oakland Athletics, Matt Chapman. Rostered in about 88 to 90% of most platforms. Uh, Guess what? He's just straight up had a bad first half. 30.2K percentage. He only had a 160 ISO, only a 705 OPS, a WRC plus of 99, so below league average. Weakest exit, Velo, 89.9. And weakest max exit below one 
110, I mean, 112 of his entire career. So he's hitting the ball uh, softer than he has ever. Maybe something's wrong, still wrong with the head. Maybe something is still bothering him. I don't know. But, you know, his plate discipline and his bad are actually pretty good, which means I don't think he's getting unlucky, which is why I'm looking to sell Matt Chapman. Chris, Matt Chapman, what are you doing with him? I'm selling. I'm selling. I I, I, I hate couple things like he's got that power potential but if, if you just take away like some of those other metrics you looked at if you just straight out just look at batting average home run rbi you can find him on the waiver wire you can find right. that his service stats aren't anything to write home about you know what i mean so i'm not going out like if i have chapman i'm gonna go out i'm gonna try to and i'm gonna look to move him i'm gonna sell you know what i mean like i i'm not actively going to try to find him but yeah for sure i'm gonna try to sell him and try to maximize the the biggest return that I can get. Um, yeah, I I, I would have sold. Bait. I would have sold him a while ago, to be honest yeah. with you. He had a little hot streak a couple weeks ago. That might have been the sell window. Kevin, what are you doing, Mister Matatachakaman? All right. I, before I give what I want to do, I want to I want to propose this question. If the A's fall, if the A's fall out of really the division conversation. Right, or the, the wild card, the playoff conversation. Does he get shopped? No. And then they're so. so they're so in the playoff picture, they'd have to have an epic come out of the second. They'd have to be so bad to fall out by the trade deadline. But I don't I think they would explore trading him in the offseason, regardless if they win or they don't win. I think he could be on the market this offseason. All right. I, I don't know. It's just Oakland. If you put him anywhere else, I'd be like, there's no shot. Oakland loves trading people, especially like what should be. Well, they're good at, they're good at, well, I mean, Billy Bean was kind of the, you know, he's kind of the, the guy most known for the, the era that we're in in terms of team building. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I want Chapman to turn it around. I really do. And I like want to, I want to keep him and I want to have him on my team just because I'm a fan of him. I like, you know, I like what he does. I like him as a player. It's just he is struggling so bad. So as a fantasy owner, you're kind of it's you gotta sell him, but at the same time, it's like I, I wanna is the price that low where you could get him for cheap? You know, if he turns it around, like maybe he comes out of this, he's rested up a little bit and he goes on a tear in the second half. I wonder, like, how cheap players are going to go. I wonder, because, like, I think now we're getting into the second half, and for most leagues, like, in most leagues, I'm in my trade deadline pass on Sunday. So, for – I wonder if people are going to try to hang on to certain players with the respect of – for example, like, starting pitching. Is starting pitching going to – if real teams are going to start holding back some guys, Phantom Isles uh, stints. Same thing on this perspective. I wonder if teams are going to start to, you know, fantasy-wise, they're going to start holding back some of these players versus trading them because if you look at most waiver wires, as of right now, you're not going to really find those statistics that even though he's, he's having a down year, you're going to have to right. kind of it. So I wonder if, unless you're going to, I think with some of these guys, if I'm an owner and I'm going to trade him, I'm going to want to sell as high as I can and try to, you know, overvalue him to an extent um, I don't think you're going to be able to swoop in and get a Chapman or even any of these other, well, to an extent, some of the guys on this list we're going to talk about on the cheap. 
For yeah. sure. No, I agree. It, it, I'm definitely not trying to buy Matt Chapman, even though his value is down. But uh, if you can get someone, you know, someone's a believer like Kevin, you're kind of more of a believer in what he's done in the past, which makes sense. He's been a potential, you know, third batter in the lineup stud type guy uh, just two I mean, years ago. So yeah, I mean, this if, you're really, guy... if you find someone who's willing to give you fair market, you go ahead and make a make a move. Maybe you've picked up somebody to play third base in his absence or something. So this yeah. is the guy we have to remember that was legitimately in the conversation of, is he the best third baseman in the game of baseball right now? Not like two years ago, he was in this conversation. Yeah, for sure. He was so called the next to have Nolan Arenado two years ago. Right. For him to have this much of a drop off is kind of like, whoa, this is, but a few of the guys we're going to get into. Um, he's not the only superstar that's having this, Massive drop off. So, yeah, sell, but I hate to say it's sell. Yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, next guy on the list, another guy might be traded in real life. John Gray, starting pitcher from the Rockies. He's rostering about a third of leagues. Over, since he's come back from injury, he's got a 235 ERA, 32.3K percentage, 23.7K minus walk percentage, and a 235th. Pretty good, but he's only had one start in Colorado. He actually, if he plays, if he pitches this weekend, will be at home against the Dodgers. And for that reason, I'm just going to watch. I'm going to put him on my watch list. I'm not going to add just right yet. Kevin, John Gray, what you doing, man? Yeah, I got him as a watch too. Um, and the reason really I have him as a watch and he's really kind of climbing slowly into that ad category is what he did against San Diego, right? Like he had a very good start against San Diego. So that's a very promising sign. That's a, you know, one of the best lineups in baseball right now. So um, to do go out and really pitch extremely well against them, it's a positive sign, but a broken clock is right twice a day. So, you know, don't put all your chips in on him just yet. Um, but definitely if he kind of comes back out and has another solid outing, I'm not saying he has to, you know, throw he has to lit the world on fire, but you say right. he just comes out and he's competitive. Yeah. If he comes out and gets he's a great lineup. Right. And he's just, you know, consistent, like two or less, two or three runs. He's had success against the Dodgers this year. So, yeah, so he might right. surprise some folks, but yeah, no, the potential's I, I, there. I so right. I'm potential is there. And I'm watching him probably for one more start and see how that start goes, and that's when he swoop in. It's sure. just I don't want you to – I don't want our, any of our listeners or anyone to really buy in and then him get his teeth kicked in when you could go get another guy. Well, you're right. And some weekends, like most matchups are still in the balance this weekend because of the All-Star break. They kind of right. had that two-week matchup. So, yeah, to add John Gray now to, to make him – potentially lose your matchup. I think that's why we both have him on the watch list. Chris, what are you doing with John Gray, though? Uh, I'm going to sell him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just – I am always concerned when it comes to number one pitchers in Colorado. I've never been a major fan of them. I, and just to be honest, I've never been a big fan of, of Gray. I just think that um, just his, his injury past, I think that – for me, it would scare Definitely me. He has injury past. Yeah. I mean, he was injured so, this year already. He yeah. was. Yeah. I had opportunities to acquire him. Um, and I just, I wasn't interested. And I, I'm just guys like that, that have just, that just constantly, you know, like 
even like, for example, like I, I have native albums. I picked up on waivers in one of my leagues back towards the beginning of the season. And I typically would pass on him too, because I'd be afraid of just that injury uh, from that standpoint. But um, the only thing that like, I would say that is intriguing to me is the fact that he's using a slider more. Um, but, you know, other than that, I mean, I would, I would just, I would sell, I would sell Gray. So, yeah, we all are displaying a bit of skepticism with the Rockies right-hander, deservingly so. Uh, the next, next guy's uh, pretty much a deep league topic of conversation. Infielder, outfielder for the San Francisco Gigantes, Darren Ruff. Boys, did you expect to talk about Aaron Ruff tonight? No. No, I, right? I, but I, let I me tell you this. this. He's been pretty good. So far for the, the Giants, he hasn't necessarily gotten full-time ABs, but he's hitting the ball hard 56.4% of the time. He's got a 531 X Wobicon. I think he's pretty good, but I don't know how his playing time is going to be. I'm looking at, but only in super deep leagues because you got Longoria coming back. Belt's going to be back eventually. I don't know where his playing time is going to come, but if you're in a keeper's league, like super deep keeper's league, Keep your eye out on him real cheap because if DH comes around in 2022, Dan Ruff's going to get everyday ABs, and he might be one of those guys going, huh? Who's this guy? But he's killing it. So I'm only adding him in deeper leagues. Chris, Dan Ruff. Uh, I'm going to watch right now, but I would, I would 100% agree with you that if you're, in a, um, if, you're in a, if you're in a deep league and you can stash a player, and then you know if you get into the postseason and you need to spot start someone here or there, I'd go with, I'd go with them, but um, I'd watch them right now. I would just need a bigger sample size, but I mean, then last, I think it was like a week or so. I mean, he's been tearing the cover up the ball, but I think too, to your point is where is he going to play? You know, at some point the, where, where he's going to play in the field is going to obviously impact his fantasy value. But if you can ride the wave right now, and again, depending on how your league's structured, you know what I mean, like in one league I'm in, you set your lineup on, on Monday and that's it. For the yeah. Week. Weekly leagues. Yeah. And so then there's another one you're, you consider every day and you can make pickups. So mm-hmm. I think it kind of depends on how your league's structured. For sure. Kevin. Darren Ruff, what do you think? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think you guys have kind of all said what I was going to say. I mean, unless you're in a super deep league and you really need help at that first base outfield position, which it's highly possible because first base seems like every first baseman right now is struggling, um, especially one of the guys we're going to get to in a few minutes here. Um yeah, unless he's in a super deep league, I really have him as a watch right now. Um, he's only 3% rostered. I think that has climbed to four on ESPN, so it's slowly climbing. But it doesn't seem like there's any real rush to add this guy, especially if you're in a shallow league. Um, my, I think the couch guy league's the deepest league I'm in, and what's that? 12 people? I don't even know how many teams are in that. Oh, there's 18 teams, but a little bit shallower rosters. So it's a pretty greatly right. structured league, in my opinion. Yeah. So no, that's I'm not that I'm biased or anything. I'm <laughs> <laughs> seem a little. Uh, you seem a little. Just a little salty there. A little. I don't know. There's a little edge in that. Yeah, my team has had been a little bit rough the last couple of weeks, but <laughs> we're not here to talk about just my team. We're here to talk about the men on the market watch. So it seems like we've been pretty simpatico so far, but we got two more guys to talk about. This next guy, Chris. I'm going to start with you. Alex Verdugo, outfielder for the Red Sox, started off super duper hot, cooled down a little bit. If you roster Verdugo, or even if you don't, 
What are you doing with Mr. Verdugo? I'm going to hold him right now. And I think if you just – over the last week, he's hitting 313. It, but that 313 average, the five hits that he has, he's got like three RBI. I feel like it's kind of like a little deceiving because he doesn't look that good at the plate right now. This clearly, you know, I mean, there's he's got a leg issue that's going on, not a back. So if you heard on Twitter that there's a back issue, I can go ahead and squash that shit right now. There is no back issue. No back him. issue. Don't worry about the back. His back is fine, people. Yeah, you heard no it from the great blog, you know, here right now. I just really quick, like I'm here, you know, you go and you scroll and people have their stuff on Twitter and they go and like state this stuff as like fact. I'm telling you right now that there's no back. So if you think there's a back, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna debunk that. His neck, but, his back is just fine. Um, but no, it's it's his leg. He's got a you know this he's got a hammy issue. But um, I'm gonna hold. And his average, you know, he's hitting 270 right now in the year. I like the fact that you had, still you have all three outfield, uh, three outfield spot eligibility. He's gonna play center. It looks like for the Sox right now with Duran getting called up. Um, and Marwin's going to go on the IL, which is going to shift Kike back to second base. Um, so again, depending on how your leagues are structured, if you know what I mean? So if you have to set a center fielder, you can slide Verdugo over and you're solid there. Um, but I'm going to hold him right now. I don't see the need unless, I mean, if you can get a, is a good trade package and depending on what you're going to get back, but I'm not actively trying to trade him. I think he's just got a ton of value. I think that he can use it sneaky power. Um, and when he's on and when he gets hot, I mean, I think he's a, top maybe this is kind of bold to say like a 20 player no i had him i think i had my top 20 25 outfielders throughout the year i mean he's going to finish potentially again if barring you know an il stint or anything like that he should be in like the top 10 for hits for outfielders and all of baseball Mm -hmm. so yeah he's 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 still even with that with the power outage he's still on pace for just around 20 home runs you know and just around 70 rbis so that's like you think you can upgrade Alex Verdugo elsewhere, I, I would go to, I guess, maybe challenge you and say, well, what are you going to upgrade him with to go and trade him? Like if you're hurting you need pitching and you think that he can get you, you know, a pitcher back and you're going to make your run. All right. I would entertain it. But if mm-hmm. I got Verdugo and I'm, unless I'm going to get overwhelmed, I'm just, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to pass on that. So but you're gonna, holding unless you get literally swept off your feet with a trade off. Yeah, but I, I'm going to have to play the fanboy inside of me is going to say, I'm not going to trade him. Like I had, I did. Before. I've done that before. Yeah. I've got offered right. a solid yeah, I, trade I, and I was like, I, eh. But I, I was this guy. I was, I was in the playoff hunt and I had to train him. You know, you think about like again the league that I'm in, it's it's a money league. So he was a dollar for the next now three years. So it's super cheap. Um, I think if he was to go to an auction now and you had to go and bid on him, obviously he'd go for substantially a lot more, more. Yeah. So um I valued at the time I needed pitching. And yeah. I went for the pitching piece and it didn't work out. And I've tried like I've tried like hell to get him back all year. <laughs> Sometimes you can't though. I'm not going to overpay. So that's why if you have me, hold on. I feel you. I feel you. Kevin, what are you doing with Mr. Verdugo? Yeah, I I think um, I have him as an ad. So this is so to clarify. You're trying to buy him. Right, right. You're trying to buy low on anyone who's wavering on his recent stats. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So the way I go, just to clarify, the way I go about, you know, the FBB market watch I'm acting like I don't have any of these guys. Okay. Right? So that's fair enough. No, fair enough. From of, all right, I'm trying to add them. Um, you know, we have them as 99% rostered on ESPN. I I just looked in one of my leagues. That's down to like 96. 
So it does seem like people are dropping, selling, whatever you, however you want to put it, which if you're dropping Verdugo, like you. Right. You're like an eight man league probably. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not here to league shame. We're not here to league shame. And um, so I think that just kind of, but it shines a little light on what people are really thinking of him. And I don't think Mm -hmm. people realize how good of a player he is. Like the true baseball fans knew that when Verdugo was coming here in the Mookie Betts trade, that was a, a solid return. Like, he's a solid People were player. excited for him, no doubt about it. Right. That. So we're like, wait, this is a legit guy that, yeah, you know, it's tough to be Mookie Betts-esque player, but this is a legit MLB player. Like, a legit yeah. top 20 um, fantasy player, like Chris said. And um, so I'm trying to add him. I'm trying to capitalize on people that think, He's, you know, oh, wow. just hot for a first half. Yeah. And I really think Duran getting called up just adds even more versatility to that lineup on what you can do. Maybe you ever do go start keeping in, him in the leadoff spot for now. Say Duran gets his feet under him and really starts hitting the ball well. You can switch him, right? Like yeah. you can go, all right, Duran's going to the leadoff. Um, well, Verdugo's been second too, so he likes that spot. That'd right. be great. But if you, you, can, Durant you can just there. be like, listen, Cork could go to him and be like, Hey, we got to get you more fastballs. We got to do whatever. Just yeah. get your timing back. Yeah, for it's sure. You can make up. an adjustment. So, Absolutely. So I think the Duran call up and the success of Duran is going to feed into the success of Verdugo. Ah, like if, interesting. Okay. So if like Duran struggles, you're kind of like shit. It does. It's do? not going to obviously help. But if Durant, you're saying if Duran comes up and is that catalyst, right? He could really help Verdugo. Yeah. Kind of yes. Compliment in a good way. Right. So um, I 100% want to try to get Verdugo both sure. because I'm a Red Sox fan. I like him. He's a good dude. Plays with energy. He's he's awesome. Um, Verdugo's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm a I'm trying to add him, and if you have him, hold on to him, man. This, this yeah. is hold on to him for sure. And here's yeah. here's another plus too. You know, so I'm looking at the uh, the, the Red Sox um, and their opponents over the next. They got obviously the Yankees right after the break. So the Yankees, um, they're actually projected right now. So the Yanks are going to go Montgomery, Cortez, both lefties. They're, um, Verdugo hits 285 this season against lefty hitters. You know what I mean? And then now if you want to talk about playing off of the two, I mentioned earlier, Duran. Hits yeah, lefties, down, yeah. Yeah, down in the, the minors, hit lefties. So, and then they go cold and Jimmy's Italian, but then you go right into the Blue Jays series and they're going straight three lefties. So this could be a week where we see a ton of Duran. I don't think Duran's leading off. I'd be surprised. No, no, he, he shouldn't. No, but no, but I know you're saying though, he still would help out Verdugo yeah. and the whole lineup if he can hit and well, those lefties definitely make, make the move now. If you think there's a chance to get Verdugo, I'm actually going to agree with both of you guys. I'm going to hold if I roster him. I'm going to buy if I don't, because some people might be scared by that 55% ground ball rate over the past 14 days. I'm not because I still look at his, I look under the hood and I see a career high hard hit rate, a career high X Wobacon, a career high Woba, and a career high X Woba. So I look at a guy who's swinging a good bat. And like we've mentioned, and like with all the things you guys just said, I'm looking for to add Verdugo if I don't have him. And if I do, I'm going to go ahead and hold him. Last guy on the list, another left-hander, Anthony Rizzo, first baseman for the Cubs. Kevin Rizzo, what you doing with him? 
So this is this is a case where I, I do have Rizzo. And really before when I first saw this, um initially my gut instinct was to sell him. He's having a down year for sure. Um really not playing playing well. Chicago is in sell mode. He's getting moved. If you don't move on from Rizzo, you're not doing you're you're not doing your job in the front office, especially if you're in sell mode, right? Everyone's saying they're going to ship Chris Bryant out. If you're shipping Chris Bryant out, you got to ship Rizzo out. It, it's Kim uh, Kimbrel's going as well. They're almost going to clean house, I think, and they should if they're in sell mode because they'll get a haul back from all these guys and they'll put themselves right back in a great spot. So, um. If you don't have Rizzo, I'm looking to add him, banking on he gets traded to a, oh, I don't know, maybe the team that initially shipped them out, maybe on the East Coast. Everyone can't. The Red Sox can't get everyone. We said they're they going to get Trey Mancini. They're but not they going to get both of them. No, they're not going to get Trey Mancini. They're not, the, the Orioles aren't going to trade within the division. I think Rizzo. Rizzo's is a possibility. Legit, He's been rumored. Yeah, I think that's a legit possibility. I really do. Um and I think he would thrive here, you know, being able to just play pepper with that green monster. So regardless, I think he gets traded to a contender. Yeah. My, the fanboy in me wants it to be the Red Sox, but Rizzo's a legit dude. He's a legit player. He's going to find his, he's going to find his rhythm again. Um, so if you have him, I would hold for now. If you don't have him, go get him. Um, I think his value, his, market value, trade value, especially non-keeper leagues, is probably a lot lower than what his upside is. So I'm looking to add him, actually. All right. All right. Chris, now let's just say he doesn't get traded to the Red Sox. How are you handling Anthony Rizzo? I'm going to watch, and I'm only watching because of the fact he's going to get traded. Either So I want to see where he's going to go. Right, but so- that might – that might you might have to buy before that trade then yeah, if that's the case. So it's one of those where you can't have your cake and eat it too type of thing because if yes, he gets yes. defender and he gets traded to a team that's got a legitimate lineup, obviously he's going to he's going to fare better. He's going to produce. For example, say he ends up at the Red Sox, you stick him in the sixth spot in that lineup. Still, he's going to have prominent bats around him where he'll be able to produce. So you have to kind of for me it's one of those where I'm going to have to risk it, where I'm going to watch it, but it also depends on how badly do you need a first baseman? And are there other options you can go out and get cheaper than Anthony Rizzo within your league? So I'm going to, I kind of put him under the same, like where I I sold Chapman. I kind of look at these guys as both, you know, from a statistical standpoint, they're kind of doing the same thing. I'm going to watch right now, see what happens. And then if I have to, I guess overpay, but I'm, am I am I going to overpay for Anthony Rizzo? I just think there might be some other options. So I would probably watch and just see what happens. I'm looking to buy for the reason you guys both just said his potential trade. You know, even when you're GM, you know, Jen Hoyer's out there saying he's going to sell the deadline. You know, morale's pretty low in that organization. So I can only imagine him being on a contender. Some of these things will elevate. And when you look under the hood, X batting average, higher than batting average. X slugging, better than his slugging. X woba, better than his woba. So it seems it, those would suggest 
along with his career high hard hit rate of 43%, that better days are ahead. I'm looking to buy Anthony Rizzo. So I'm doing it. I'm doing it. If you're in my league and you roster Anthony Rizzo, expect a trade upper. Yes, I'm whispering to you, Kevin Bernios. Bring it on, man. Bring it on. I mean, you already, uh, you already, you already regretted not trading for Cole. I mean, come on. That's the true, uh, but we're moving on. We're not talking about this yet. We'll talk about that off mic. Now we're going to get into the last segment of the night. Mid-season awards. We have MVP, MOP, BB, MVS, MIP. That was a bunch of letters. You don't know what I'm saying, but we got a bunch of awards that we're going to talk about right here, right now. Fellas, why don't we start with the biggest bust award? Kevin, who do you have as the biggest bust? Oh, man. I mean, this there's about five guys off the top of your head that you can go with. Um, the biggest bust, you know, everyone gets all over Francisco Lindor, rightfully, rightfully so. But there's another guy north of the border who is struggling big time after he got paid rightfully to the point of his home crowd is booing him. Maybe it could be because he doesn't have the little tap tap going on when there's an off speed pitch coming. Um, But George Springer stinks this year. (laughs) Stinks. Fire. So bad. Like to the point of, I, I was just curious. I'm like, all right, let me go through kind of the top guys in fantasy that we thought coming into this year. And it just went down the list. George Springer is hitting below 200. So, and he's been injured a lot, which factors into a bust. I'm sorry. I know some people right, throw right. that out. I factor that into my bust. It has to. Be, it, it has to because it, George Springer is a guy that I think one in one of my leagues was drafted within the top five or top ten or something. Some like – very extremely high draft pick. So that's, you have to rely on that guy. You're top. For sure. It affects your overall team build. When you yeah. Your first high. round pick, your first round pick, whether it be one or 20, right? No matter what it is, you're going with a guy that you're relying on to consistently sure. be in your lineup. Right. So if you're not consistently in your lineup, that factors into a bust. Never mind. After you get paid, you hit below 200, you know, Again, north of the border is kind of, I think, where they play Buffalo or something now. Um, he's a bust for sure. And there's a whole other list that we can go through. No, that's um, good. That's good. That's a strong one because I, you know, I didn't really think of it initially. But when you look where he was drafted, he was drafted quite high. You had to use some pretty expensive draft capital. Matter of fact, I am in a keeper's league, so it is affected, but he was the first overall pick taken. Just goes to show of what his potential was. And yeah, between injuries and underperforming, you're right. Maybe he is this year's biggest bust. Chris, according to you, who is this year's FBB biggest bust? Um, so I'm factoring injury into this, like you guys are talking about. Yep, I think you have to. You have to. And if for anybody who's going to be like, no, you can, whatever, that's just – they don't want to accept the fact that they drafted someone who was a bust. Mookie Betts has been a bust this year because he's been he's just he's not been the same player but that's that's like my 1b bust it's got to be Cody Bellinger 
for me. I, I, I think Bellinger has to be – so both both the, the dudes with the, with the Dodgers have just been – they've been a bust. Uh, you know, Bellinger can't stay healthy. I mean, he's <clears> – <throat> how many games has he played in this season? It's been like about 34 games. Yeah, he's only had 141 plate appearances. Yeah, so um, he hasn't been right since that World Series when he went and dislocated his shoulder celebrating. Um, traded him in the offseason myself because I was concerned about what potentially I was going to be getting uh, with him this year. Happy that I did. Um, I would say, like, right now, if I was in a league and you have him sell, if you can sell him, and then on the flip side, if you can buy him real cheap, I would do it. Um, but, and then, I, like I said, too, I think Mookie Betts has been, I would say, a disappointment. <clears throat> I wouldn't say a bust. I would say he's been a disappointment, especially someone in most leagues who was – drafted probably in the first and or second round someone if you paid money for him you probably paid legitimate dollars depending on how how your league is structured um but i'm disappointed in bellinger i've always liked the kid i I love his swing he's one of the best swings in all of baseball um but just kind of seeing where he's going to project out the season you can find 15 dingers and 45 RBI anywhere in the league. Darren Ruff could do that this year. You can find Ooh, we talked about him earlier. Yeah. It's funny. It, I'm, <laughs> yeah, your biggest bust, Cody Bellinger. I was, I was contemplating two guys. The first guy I was contemplating was actually Shane Bieber. A lot of his under-the-hood metrics are down from last year, but they're on pace with 2019 where he was still SP4. So I don't think he's the bust of the year for or the first half for me. I agree with you, Chris. My first half bust is Cody Bellinger. For everything you just said, he's got a career high K percentage, 27.7. Career low ISO, 126. Career low WRC plus of 70 in those 141 plate appearances. Although I do think he might be in buy low opportunity in some leagues because his BABIP of 218 is simply just not going to sustain. That will come up. Uh, but with four home runs, you know, you took him in your at the end of your first round. You took him at maybe at the turn of your second round. Maybe he was your number one hitter after taking a pitcher. You know, that type of thing is like we talked about briefly uh, with all of our busts. If it screws with your team build, it really can affect your overall success on the season. So, you know, we all have our busts of the year. I think we got some pretty good ones. George Springer and we, Chris, both have Cody Bellinger. And honestly, I was I was torn with another guy, legitimate, because I had him in another league and I drafted him because of his power. And it was Jorge Soler from the Royals. Yeah. Oh, him. yeah. He's been dropped yeah. in tons of leagues. I yes, he's a guy that I had drafted him in my league and was like, "What is going on with this man?" Like I held on to him for way too long. That's a great name. I I should have thought of that because just what he should have been and what he hasn't done this year. And I've kept an eye on him. He's still available in one or two of my leagues. Um, He's hitting 26 right now this year. And this is a guy, like, just if you want to – not even from a fantasy standpoint, look at it from, like, you know, everyday baseball. This is a guy that the Royals are counting on in the middle of their lineup. They've they've tinkered with him in many different spots. They've had him hit second, I think, uh, maybe right before the All-Star break. We hit hit somewhat okay. Um, Try that Ben Attendee approach to kind of move him around a little bit. But seven home runs, 30 RBIs from this guy that's that's supposed to be the middle of the anchor of your lineup to go with Salvi Perez. I just – I have him in a league. I actually – I targeted him going into a draft. Um, I, I got him. I signed him, unfortunately, to a long-term deal, longer than I, I probably should have. So hopefully he can get out of this funk. But, uh, yeah, I would say if we had to do for one of each league, 
Solaire, but I'm disappointed though with Bellinger. But Solaire though, I think probably takes the cake out of. Maybe yeah, me. no doubt. High end capital, no return. The definition of a bust in fantasy baseball. So since we talked about the busts, let's talk about the best sleeper. The most valuable sleeper award for me goes to Cedric Mullins, a guy you could have pretty much he went undrafted in most leagues. I think his ADP was four fifty, which. Who drafts even that deep in most leagues? And right now you're looking at a guy with 106 hits, 16 round trippers, 35 ribbies, 16 stolen bags. So he's on pace for 30 and 30. Holy cannoli. His batted ball data supports that it's not necessarily a fluke. His expected data, his expected stats do say maybe there are some negative aggression on the corner, but we're not talking about second half. We're talking about first half. And given the fact that he was just an ad after your draft and he's, top five outfielder in most categories, uh, in most uh, formats. My big, my most valuable sleeper award has to go to the outfield for Baltimore, Cedric Mullins. Chris, give us your MVS. That I, it was Mullins for me too. I, yeah. I Mullins. Sometimes I, it's just spot on. He came out of absolute nowhere. Um, you know, made the all-star team. He's what? The 106 hits on the season. Uh, you know, he's table setter really down there in Baltimore. I mean, I, this kid has really just come out of nowhere. It's a great story for the Orioles and even better story. If you're a fantasy owner that happened to pick him up off the fantasy waiver wire. Cause honestly, if you, if you drafted Cedric Mullins, then I can tell you what your scouting department is through the roof of fantasy baseball, because like this guy is not on the radar. Shout um, out Justin Mason of sleeping in the bus. That was his guy. Yeah. And he has cashed in on him. Yeah. I mean, he's, He's probably been one of the most impactful fantasy play uh, fantasy options that you could have made. No question. So I have to go Mullins. I don't think there's really anyone else for me. Well, Kevin, is there anyone else? Who what? was your MBS? Yeah, to go again, Cedric Mullins is probably the guy. You know, he's probably the clear front runner. Um, but I think another guy that's right well, in who's that your category, guy? Who's your guy, Kev? Uh, Jonathan Scope. Oh, give it to me. You know, this is a guy, again, I picked him up in both, uh, in two of my leagues. He's 274, 16 home runs, 52 RBIs. He's got a stolen bag. He's playing, he has eligibility of first and second, and then if DH, if you have that. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that's really I was kind of like, oh, I need to fill a hole because of injuries. Picked him up. Thought it was a hot streak. I was like, I'm going to ride this hot streak. He's in my lineup now almost every day starting. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, like he's Absolutely. he's 100% kind of – and he's been around. Like he, this, him playing well is nothing – not really a surprise. But to the magnitude that he's playing, like I didn't expect him to be hitting over 270 with 15 bombs in the first half. Right. I kind of expected him to be like a, all right, he's like 250. He'll hit like. Yeah. He might be on pace for hit 15. Yeah. Right. Right. Like he, he'll, he'll hit eight home runs in the first half. He'll bat 250. He's a good kind of um, plug in the gap type of guy. He's, he's legitimately, you can have him as your starting second baseman and he's unbelievable down. Yeah. You know, so I think Jonathan Scope is 100% a guy um, that doesn't get the love he deserves. Again, he's in another team that stinks. So, yeah, they are a stink fest over in Detroit. 
Well, no, that's a good pick for Jonathan Scope. Now, why don't we move on to the most improved player award? Chris, who is your most improved player in fantasy baseball? I'm going to go with Kevin Gosman. Um, mm. I just I think this is a this is someone that again like were you expecting this year out of him? You know, because if you take a look at his career statistics, it, it's not this. You know, so the you know if you have him, you got you got eighteen games, nine and three. You know what I mean? So he's got a one uh, one seven three RA. Um, whip is under one. I mean, he's just been he's been. I would probably say like maybe I'm gonna go and I say elite right now. I would say he's been. He's elite. certainly been elite. That split finger yeah. is one of the best pitches in baseball. So and and to say that you know this is a dude that. If you got him either a towards the end of a draft, or maybe you picked him up, if depending on how again your league is, say you got him as a waiver wire pickup type of thing, just the 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 ROI you got on him has just been phenomenal. And if you've been a team that has him that is in a position to trade, and you can go ahead and net a ton of assets back, I, I just I think that he's been he's just been a major surprise. I wasn't expecting this kind of year out of him. He's just had a quiet, dominant Cy Young type season. He's not going to win it because there's another guy in the NL that's going to take that home. But I mean, this dude is having a lights out year. Part of the reason why the Giants are having the year they're having as well. Yeah, he's been their ace, no question. He's been their opening day star. He's been great. He's been fantastic. And actually, more on him potentially to come. Kevin, MIP, who you got? I mean, this is, I got two guys. I'm going to say two guys. Um, you have a tie in your award? No, not not necessarily a tie. Then you can't mention two. Who's right. your award winner? My award winner is going to be Austin Riley. I okay. think Austin Riley. Um, you know, same things. Two seventy six right now. He's got fourteen bombs. Uh, he's only struck out ninety times. So not pretty good. You know, he's putting the ball in play. I'm I'm a big component of that. Forty two RBIs. It's tough to compare for 2020, so I really go back the following year, and I know he only played in 80 games, but again, in that 80-game span in 2019, 226, 108 strikeouts, hit 18 home runs, so pretty good, Um, 49 RBIs. So he, he is kind of making that next step in my mind, and a guy I really didn't expect to jump onto the scene like this and be a top third baseman in the game, you know, top five, uh, top five, top 10 fantasy third baseman. And I, I have them and I love them. I'm like, this guy is huge. And yeah. to the point at one point, to the point of one point to kind of just dig in on the most improved, I dropped him for a period of time this year. No one else picked him up. And I re-picked him back up. So kind of that yeah. no one expected this guy to be. Right, because yeah, someone would have picked him up if they were all over him. Right. And then the other guy that I don't, I again, I wanted to include. Your runner-up? Yeah. And, and it's almost more of, uh, I don't want to say most improved because everyone expected this from him. And I'm going to, I'll save it because I'm going to mention him later. I'll save it. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 Because I think it might be the guy that is my most improved guy, and that's Mister Julio Daniel Martinez. 
he was being drafted at outfielder number 27. He would fall outside of the top 100 picks in some platforms because he was only DH eligible in some leagues. This year, he's right back to where he was just two years ago. He's an absolute machine at the plate. I'm going to read off some ex Wobicons from 2017 on. 566, 520, 463, down to 387, back up to 466. Hard hit percentages from 2017, he was 49%, 52%, 49%, all the way down to 41%, back up to 48%. He's back. He's the machine. He's raking for the Boston Red Sox. He is my most improved player on the year. Now we have just the two big awards. The main event, if you will. The MOP, Most Outstanding Pitcher. Take that for however you want to take that. Kevin, who is your most outstanding pitcher? in the first half of the fantasy baseball season. Oh, um, this is so tough because there's so many guys that are just out of this world pitching well. Um, for me, though, I think it's got to be uh, – oh, man. I See, now I'm even going back and forth because I have two guys really written down. All right, well, that, we'll move on to Chris. We'll give you a minute to pick your one guy. You can have backups for every award. So go ahead, take a minute, pick your guy, Chris. Who is your most outstanding pitcher? Jacob DeGrom. Who's that guy? I've never heard of him. Yeah, it's a guy, I think he's out in New York, something like that. Um, like, like Long Island? He plays for Long Island Ducks? I think it's the Ducks, yeah. <laughs> I just think DeGrom, the dude has been dominant. Like, wasn't there a stretch of time where, like, he had more RBI than runs that he gave up? Yes, absolutely, yeah. Like, Shohei Otani does that too, but, you know. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into him. But, um, but no, I just – if you have like, here's the thing with, with, with DeGrom, because it's one of those where like, if you have him, when you, when you have him and you can play him, you are going to reap every last benefit. You're going to squeeze every ounce of milk from the teeth from that guy. But when he's hurt and he's on the IL, it's like, shit, I have DeGrom and he's back on the IL. Yep. Um, you know, so it's one of those where like, you definitely take the good with the bad, but when he's been good this year, he's been dominant. He's been lights out. And I, you know, and I wavered back and forth. I did like between him and Otani, because I think that Otani is very much in the conversation. Um, mm-hmm. I think Gosman's in the conversation as well. Uh, I think Brandon mm-hmm. in the conversation too. I think like there's so many guys who are in the conversation because like Kevin said, they, there has been a lot of, you know, pitching has been surprisingly really, really sharp this year considering, you know, I think at the beginning of the year, some of the conversation, the narrative was coming off the COVID year, what would pitching look like? You know what I mean? Would teams go and hold back some of these guys? And these guys have been pretty good. Again, there's been some factors, some sticky stuff that have kind of been a factor. <laughs> spider attack. But, um, you know, but <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I would have to say it's DeGrom. I mean, I. That's definitely, no, I mean, he's been amazing. And, you know, he's been the number one points per game pitcher all season at 25 points. But I'm going to go ahead and give mine, Kevin, so then can give you a little bit of extra time to pick yours. And I, DeGrom was my close second, but my number one, I went with Kevin Gosman. And it was strictly because of a team-building aspect. The fact that you could have, you know, selected him outside of your top 130 picks, not your personal 130 picks, but the league's uh, top 130 picks, you could have grabbed some offense. You could have grabbed some real true building box. And this guy could be your ace. And when you draft him, be your number three. 
And that split finger fastball is so nasty. It's got a P value of minus 19, making it one of the most unhittable pitches in all of baseball. He's in a great pitcher ballpark. The Giants have the magic this year. Uh, that's why I took Kevin Gosman to be my most outstanding pitcher. But, you know, DeGrom is obviously a fair point because he is disgusting. The DeGoat. What do they call him? DeGoat? Jacob DeGoat. DeGoat. Only one goat on this podcast. The, there's only one. The SEO goat. Now we're going to go to Kevin Perdios. Have you made your pick? Who is your MOP? My man. Yes. I mean, so uh, I was kicking the tires between Lance Lynn and Woodruff. Um, both guys have been unbelievable this year. And again, I I can't believe I even did this. Like, DeGrom was just – DeGrom's almost, like, so nasty that when he's nasty, you just expect it. So it's not a surprise. Like, oh, Jacob DeGrom is just casually posting a sub-2 ERA. Oh, no big deal. Like, that's normal. So any other guy that you kind of just overshadow him and you expect it from DeGrom, and I fully fell into that category and was like, oh, wow, I wonder who most outstanding pitcher, huh? And I went with Woodruff and Lynn, and I was really kicking tires between both of them because I have them. Um I think for me, Woodruff has to take it. Yeah, he's been a top five pitcher. For yeah, sure. so I mean, and that again, I I didn't expect that. Like, I didn't expect him to be a top five. I really had him, you know, top fifteen, top ten range. I didn't expect much out of him this year. I meant I expected him to be a solid, you know, two three type of rotation guy for fantasy wise. Um, you know, I have, like I said, I have Lance Lynn, I have Garrett Cole in that league as well. So a couple um, big name guys that I was like, all right, they'll take, they'll be my workhorse. But Woodruff is solely taking uh, control of that. So for me, it's it's got to be Brendan Woodruff. Good pick for sure. He's been great uh, for who any, anyone who drafted him. All right, on to our last, our fifth and final, the biggest award of the first half of the fantasy baseball season, the most valuable player. We may all have the same guy. It's possible. But, Kevin, why don't you kick off the festivities since we moved you to last in the pitching category. Give us your MVP of the first half. We all know, we all know really who the clear number one is. Like, you got, we probably all have it. It's got to be Otani, right? So, um, Otani has to be probably number one. But to give you another guy that really, um, I wanted to bring him up earlier in the, most improved player category. He was kind of another guy that was like, oh, you know what? You know, I, I don't know if I want to say improved because we expected this at some point from him. But my guy, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., is setting the world on fire. And again, Absolutely. this is why it's so tough because it's almost like we've had this hype. Like, Vlad Guerrero is going to be a beast. Vlad Guerrero is going to be a beast. Vlad Guerrero is going to be a beast. And then we almost hit the point, but when? Like, we're hearing this, but when is it going to happen? And it finally clicked with him this year. And again, I'll go back, bro science. I mean, this dude is just hitting the cover off the ball. Mm-hmm. Hitting another moonshot home run in the All-Star game. Um, he's really living up to the hype and up to his potential. Again, I'm going to just kind of ignore 2020. 2019, he had 123 games played, 514 at-bats. He had 272 with 15 home runs. 
Fast forward to this year. He's only played 87 games, 300 at-bats. He already has 28 home runs. <laughs> he's uh, quite good at hitting the baseball. And he's hitting he's hitting 332. Yeah. Like, it, it's it, – it's a joke. Like it literally is a joke. It's almost like he's like, no, nah, you know what? I'm gonna play this out just to be like, yeah, I'm an average guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll hit two seven. He's like this. He's like this generation's Miguel Cabrera. He can do it right. all. Right. And he he's if you got him, and you really like whether you one reached for him if you went high pick with him. Or if you kind of if he fell to you later in the round, second, third, fourth, whatever round it was, um, I hope it wasn't fourth. If you got him fourth, hold well, I mean, some leagues you could have got him in the fifth round. He was at, right. right around pick fifty ADP in so, the draft again, season. He was getting and, taken at the seventh uh, overall first baseman. Yeah, and and I think that factors in again. I of course one of the first absolutely. episodes. One of the first episodes we said was like. I think him moving over to first base and allowing the dude just to hit the ball is going to be a major. It works for Cabrera too. You know, it right. works for guys. So, um, Vlad Guerrero Jr., just to get outside of the clear, you know, everyone's going to say Otani and rightfully so, but Vlad Guerrero Jr. is right there with him. And if not right there with him, he, you can make the case that he's more valuable than Otani. You could make the case. I will not. Otani is my clear cut MVP. You know, you're getting him out of the top 150 picks and drafts. Unreal value in terms of what you're getting from him. He's doing it as a hitter and a pitcher. So one day a week, if you got both, you know, this is a conversation if you've got the guy who has DH eligible and SP eligible, you're getting a pitcher with 11.69K per nine. You know, he's, he's dominating. He's got a fastball that's about 96 miles an hour on average. Dominating. And then at the plate, He's leading league home runs. He's got 33 home runs. He's got an absolute laughable 419 ISO. Are you kidding me? WRC plus of 180. And you got this guy outside of your top 150 picks in your league. Let's just bump it up, say top 100 picks, 50 pick reach. He's still coming at crazy, crazy value. I love this guy. I'm a huge fan, have been a huge fan of him. But this year, so far in the first half, he may be, he's definitely the AL MVP and he is my. FBB MVP. So we got Vladdy G. We got Otani. Chris Henry. Who's your MVP? Tatis. Fernando Tatis is my El Nino. MVP. El Nino. I, I don't know. I just he is hitting 286. He's got 28 home runs, 60 RBI. Had a little bit of that. Like, I get nervous at the beginning of the year too when he had that shoulder thing where you know what I mean? Like he swung so hard, he like you know what I mean? So I uh, traded him at that point in the year. I had, I rostered him in the league and I traded him, you know, luckily I got Otani and Max Scherzer. So I did okay, <laughs> but I, yeah, so he's I, been fantastic. So I was, I tried to get him, you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Then, you know what I mean? Like if this is going to be a crazy long term, it's, it's kind of like a Cunha right now. Like if you have a Cunha, people are, you know, I'm in a league where one kid has him and like, everybody's giving him a, Hey, you're going to trade a Cunha, you're going to trade a Cunha. Right. So like, that was kind of the situation with Tatis, but I mean, I mean, all this dude does is like he just mashes. He's in San Diego, crushes everything. I, I just I love the way he plays. Feels bags. It just exactly like he may. I mean, not not this helps from a fantasy standpoint, but then he's got a. It seems like 
if he's going to have a, if he flashes the leather, you know what I mean? Like he has amazing plays when he does. So um, obviously it doesn't help you from a fantasy standpoint, but I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with any three of these guys just to kind of go jump back though with Otani because I wavered back and forth with him. I think it depends with Otani though, because we talked a little bit earlier though, if you can use Otani as both a pitcher and a hitter mm-hmm. at the same time, then clear cut. Otani is is going to has to be the MVP in a, in a fantasy league. If you have to make the decision at the beginning of the week and say I'm either going to start him or right. I'm going to swing the stick, I think the conversation changes. And is he's just a hitter at that point? You're just using him as a hitter. So um, fair. No, it's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. That's actually a great point. So you know what I mean? So I. I really, you know, I, I wanted to go Otani, but for the, the purpose of the show, we all can't mm-hmm. have an MVP. Um, it's funny. We, I, only I did. <laughs> yeah. I'm the only basic guy over here taking Otani. Well, no, I, I think, I think you got the, I think you're on the right track, though. I mean, the only thing I'm going to disagree with Otani with you is doesn't matter what he does. That all-star jersey he wore last night was, a, it was atrocious. Sell me one. Oh, God, they're disgusting. I, I, I like them. Uh, I could no, do without the large it. letters. I could do without the large letters. I thought that was goofy, but I thought other than that, they're pretty clean. They were. They Wait, were so, so, okay. What you're saying, Matt, is you just want them to have the team logo on the chest. Or the letters, one or the other. The two made it obnoxious. But other than that, yeah. I liked it. I like that. I like the navy with the with like the stone color. You know, the Padres kind of you know early two thousands throwback. I like that vibe. I liked it. With the, I like the jerseys. Uh, you know, were they the best they that they've ever they been? No, but I liked them. They should have one wore those during the derby. They should have let the guys wear, you know, their road, their home and aways for that all-star game. I think it just from a visual for people who are watching, especially that, like that, like that casual fan who is going to like, they're going to recognize the player in their home road and away versus that blue nightgown, you know, pajamas. No, nightgown, no. You can't call it a nighty. It wasn't a nighty. It fit great. It looked great on Mr. O'Donnell and all the rest of the players. I did it. Chris Sale would have cut those up like that. No way. They look comfortable AF. He would cut those jerseys because they were uncomfortable. Those things look great. You know what I wanted them to do? And you know what? Remember, they MLB missed it, and I, I'm not going to blame them because it, everything kind of changed um, once they removed the All-Star game from Atlanta. So I can't really fully blame them. But what they should have done is they should have went back to the old Rockies jerseys. Remember how they had the cutoffs? Cutoffs would have been so cool, but players don't like cutoffs. Back to like, all right, we're going to like, we're going to pay tribute to the old Rockies jerseys where they were the cutoff. They had the different colors. They had the mountains on it. They should have done something like that to kind of. Yeah, I mean, could have should have. Yeah, I like them. I think they were decent and they looked okay. And me personally, you know, I I I like the All Star jerseys as opposed to them wearing their home jerseys because you know when I play ball, I like getting new kits when I uh, made an All Star team. I think it's cool. It makes you look like a team. It makes me look like one cohesive unit. I kind of like it. I could dig it. But, you know, this isn't a uniform show. This is a fantasy baseball show. But we always give you some bonus content because that's what we do. Fantasy baseball fit for a bar, not a boardroom. Fellas, that's the episode. We've given all of our MVPs. We've given all our awards. We have said everything we're going to say. But before I get your last thoughts, I had talked about it at the top of the show. So let me go ahead and dive in right now. We are at High Heat are doing our very first giveaway for the month of july high heat will be running that exact giveaway i just mentioned 
All you got to do is send proof that you have subscribed to the show on whatever your preferred platform is. Send that to the High Heat Twitter handle and use the hashtag HHGiveaway and you will enter yourself in our contest. We are giving away a 2021 Bowman Chrome Mojo Refractor Purple Parallel Wander Franco Baseball card. This card is numbered 2250. We will be we will pick that winner in August, first week of August. Do you want to enter it? Go ahead and do so. Like I just said, send proof that you subscribe to High Heat and you'll get a chance to win the Bowman Crow Mojo Refractor Purple Parallel Wander Franco Baseball card. And remember, you get additional entries if you show that you listen to episodes in July. Chris, Kevin, any last thoughts before we say goodnight to the people? Kevin, go. Um, no, I mean, I, I think pay attention to the sellers and the actual sellers and, you know, baseball, the Chicago Cubs, Chris Bryant's going to be on the move. He is having a mm-hmm. monster year. Um, so pay attention to that. Not only, not only because of where he goes and it's just going to increase his already sky high value, um, but the guys that are going to fill in behind him, like who? Oh, for sure. Who, yeah. Who's going to take Good Chris point. Bryant's spot? So you know, pay attention to the sellers and who their next man up is, because they very well could have a legit guy that um, no one knows of. He's free on the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. You know, all it takes is that one guy to come up and get hot for a month, month and a half, and he help could you make help you. Help you make the playoffs, help Absolutely. you climb into the playoffs, or even, you know, if you're a top team, help you win the playoffs. So um, pay attention to that. I think that's the biggest takeaway for right now. Great call, Kevin. I absolutely nailed it. Chris, what's your final takeaway before we say good night to the people? Here's something I, you know, I would say as your trade deadline is coming up, if you are in a league that you have to spend money to pick up players, you know, be fully aware. Don't overextend yourself with your free agent pool money because if you're in contention and once your deadline goes away, that is your only lifeline right then and there to go ahead and add to point. Yep. So don't, I think, you know, one of the things sometimes we overlook is when we're making trades, if you are a seller or you're on that cusp and you're going to make a tweak move. And like, for example, I had an offer where I would have to go ahead and trade my catcher. I'm running low on those funds. Like make sure you get that player back. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Don't into the free agent market when you might need that money for later on, especially pitching. I think pitching guys is going to be the thing that we have to watch mostly in the second half because there's going to be, I think teams are going to shut some dudes down for a little while, try to keep them fresh to Good get point. ready for the season. So just Good manage point. your in-season cap money very well once this trade deadline is over. Both of you guys nailed it. Make sure you pay attention to the vibes of the league and how it corresponds with your personal fantasy league. Great, great points, fellas. That's going to wrap up tonight's show. I think we have had an absolute banger, if I may say so myself. Mr. Henrique, please tell the fine folks listening where they can find you on socials and where they can find all of your work. All right. So if you uh, go on a Twitter, you can just go ahead and uh, find me. It's at Chris Henrik. Uh, you'll see him uh, get the beard, the glasses, nice blue shirt at a wedding. The uh, ties undone and that picture that you can find me on the, if you're looking for me. Um, it's a steamy yeah. pick. It is. That is uh, my McSteamy pick. Um, but no, if uh, content-wise, you can follow right over at Couch Guy Sports. Uh, my 
normal days are Tuesday and Friday, but any day that ends in Y, there'll be a blog, it feels like, on the, uh, <laughs> on the website. Um, I have an idea right now that I'm going to uh, potentially craft up. That's a little, might be a little hint there, no pun intended. Um, that could be on there too. Uh, but also Boston Sports Syndicate, uh, Red Sox content predominantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, had an, had one that dropped today about Cole Hamels. Could he be a potential uh, back-end rotation fit for the Sox? So, uh, but yeah, Couch Guy and Boston Sports Syndicate. And then you can find me, like I said, at Chris Henrik. Give me a follow. We're, uh, we're trying to get to 2,000 followers by the end of the season. Let's go. Let's make that happen. And you can always listen to him on the Red Sox podcast. We name later a show that I love to do as well. All right. So you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Matty Keywoom and follow Kevin. Remember, it's a new Twitter handle at KPerdios15. And follow the show's Twitter handle at High Heat FBB. Every single morning when the market opens, you can find the FBB Market Watch thread on mine or the High Heat Fantasy Baseball's Twitter handles. Couch Guy Sports is where you can get basically everything CGS related, including Kevin's, Chris's, and my articles. Make sure to follow and subscribe to the Couch Guy Sports Twitch channel and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can, that's where basically you can get all of our video stuff, some podcasts, and anything that we put out from CGS video content related. Thank you all for listening. And if you can't take the heat, get your ass off my field because this is High Heat Fantasy Baseball. Tune in next week. Peace.